Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Matthew chapter 3 with me. Matthew chapter 3. If you ever, I don't know if it's the older you get, you think differently. But the older I get, I think differently. (laughs) I just think of kind of you look in terms of, of how God's going to get some things done. Because how many would say, I believe this, we're living in the last day? I mean, we believe I, this is the end time. We're not on the front side of time. We're towards the end before the return of Jesus. How many would say that? Now, if that's the case, you know, I keep telling, I'm like, God, you, there's only 3 billion Christians in the world today out of 7.5 billion total. So I'm like, God, you're going to have to get a lot of work done in a little bit of time. So I asked the question, what's, what's, how in the world can all that take place? And so I, I, I think there has to be a particular message that's going to be preached in the last day to get four and a half billion people at least the, the, the opportunity to receive salvation. And I think that that message that's going to be preached is really right. It's just almost from the beginning to the very end of the, of the New Testament. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, the message that God's going to preach before the return of the Lord. Father, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you that the kingdom of God is not just some fantasy. The kingdom of God is a reality. It lives on the inside of every single believer, but God, it's also going to take, overtake this world at the return of the Lord. And so I thank you for the opportunity once again just to open God's word, to, to enjoy it. I pray that the anointing of God would just, Lord, captivate every heart. I pray against any distraction and confusion, but I pray just clarity from what you want to say from the Word of God. Once again, Lord, as we just prepare to gather around this altar at the very end and connect with you, I I thank you that even now you're stirring the hearts of your people to come and pray and and believe God for a harvest in the last day. So I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So from the beginning, I had to ask a question. Is there a message that's been preached from the beginning in the New Testament that literally goes, you know, that continues throughout it, and the answer is yes, that there's a common thread and a common theme of all the messages that are preached. And if I take you to Matthew chapter 3, look at verse number 1. And this is the message that John the Baptist preached. When he came and began to, he was the forerunner of Christ, he came to, to tell the story of Jesus Christ coming, and he was the one that prepared the way. Here's the message that John the Baptist preached. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we see the message that John the Baptist preached was the message of to repent that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if I could say it in a little different way, repent just means to change, be different, don't do the same thing, change the ways, change your ways. And the kingdom of heaven is something to look forward to. So in light, of, in light of you and I changing, in light of the kingdom of heaven coming, God calls us to change. How many know that every one of us have done that who've come to Christ? You changed your way. You repented from your own life to receive Christ, and the Holy Spirit came in and bore witness that you were born again. But the message is to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So then I got to read on and go to, go to chapter 4. Look at verse number 17. Then Jesus comes on the scene. Jesus comes, and he begins to preach sermon after sermon, and and in verse 17, look at this. It gives us the name of the sermon that Jesus preached. It says, From that time, verse 17, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, they always say to know your audience. So how many see the similarity between John the Baptist's sermon and Jesus' sermon? Not a one of you. How many see the similarities? Give me one of these. Come on, Doug, let me see your hand. I know. There you go. Everybody, you see that the same message that John the Baptist preached is the same message that Jesus preached. It's the message to repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That tells me that there's something about the return of the Lord. There's something about eternity that you and I need to keep in constant, in our force, in our mind, in in serving God. Do you know that at any moment Jesus Christ can come back? Do you know the time is ripe that he could come back before I finish this sermon tonight? Do you know that he could come back before you and I pass away or breathe our last? Do you know he could come back in our lifetime? And if that's the case, and if that's what's going to happen, then it changes the way that I should live, and I need to turn away from some things and toward other things. Does that make sense? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I just got to keep, I just got to keep on, I got to keep, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Go to Luke chapter 9. Jesus sends out his 12. He gives them a trial run. They're going to be the, the, the ones that the forerunners of the church, the brand new church in the book of Acts. So he sends them out in Luke chapter 9. Look at verse number 1. And so before he sends them out, the Bible says he called the 12 together. He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So once again, the message of the kingdom of heaven, the message of the kingdom of God, John preached it, Jesus preached it, and now Jesus is sending his 12 out to preach the exact same message. We're on to something tonight. We see something tonight that God has got this message he's trying to get out to the world. And so much so that he had John the Baptist preach it, and he had Jesus preach it, and he had the 12 preach it. But it doesn't stop there. Keep going in your Bible. Go to Luke chapter 10. Let me make a side note there. It does, says, it does say in, in there, it says to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Do you know that healing, divine healing, is a part of preaching the message of the kingdom of heaven? It's a good place to say amen. Listen, if there's anything that we hold on to as believers in this day, if there's anything we hold on to as the Christian church today, it doesn't matter what denomination you're from, it doesn't matter what your background is, part of the kingdom of God is that Jesus Christ is also Savior, but he's also healer. We can always pray for people to be healed supernaturally, divinely by the hand of God because that's a part of the kingdom of God. Every time you're sick, every time you know of somebody that doesn't feel good, somebody that's up against some disease or sickness, can I tell you, my friend, bring that need to Jesus because the kingdom of God is also not just a message, but it's a healing as well. Now, go to Luke chapter 10. He sends John, goes out, preaches the same message. Jesus preaches the same message. The 12 preaches the same message. Now he sends out the 70. Anybody want to take a wild, just take a wild guess of what the sermon is that Jesus asked them to preach as they went? Luke chapter 10, look at verse number 8. He says, whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Once again, the same message, are you seeing the pattern? The same message over and over is the message that Jesus is saying that the the kingdom of God is here. It's coming. Don't live your life just for the kingdom of the world. Don't live your life for just the kingdom of right now. Live your life for the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Listen, that'll preach to anybody. It doesn't matter what your age is today. Listen, live your life to build the kingdom of God. Live your life with eternity in sight. 
Live your life today. The things that you do, where you go to school, the jobs that you have, do all those things with light, the fact that Jesus is going to return and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's some parables. You can read those. I'll just read them off to you. But each one of them is a, is a, is a parable about the kingdom of God. Parable of the mustard seed. It's about the kingdom of God. Parable of the seed and the sower. It's about the kingdom of God. The parable of the sun and the vineyard. It's about the kingdom of God. The merchant in, the merchant in search of fine pearls. The treasure in the field. All about the kingdom of God. The kings and the servants. The king and the wedding feast. And all and over and over, there's, there, all of them have to deal. And he says, it reminds us of the kingdom of God. And I got one more for you. John the Baptist has preached it. Jesus has preached it. The 12 have preached it. The 70 have preached it. And go to Acts chapter 1. Jesus is about to be resurrected. He's risen from the dead. He's shown himself. Come on, J.B. Curious. How many people did Jesus show himself after his, uh, after his resurrection? Oh, no. Come on. How many? Is that right? How many, how many people did Jesus show himself alive to after his resurrection? More than 500. So we see here that Jesus is about to, be, to, be, to go into his ascension. And the Bible says this in verse number 1. He's about to leave, and let me just give you the last details, the last few things he says to the disciples before he ascends. In the first book, O Theopolis, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had been given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after suffering by many proofs, appearing to them for, for, during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. There it is again. Why didn't he speak about the gospel? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why didn't he speak about prayer? Why didn't he say, prayer, my house will be a house of prayer? Why didn't he say that it's joy unspeakable and full of glory? Why didn't he say a host of things he said? Because the message that needs to be preached is the kingdom of God. That God is returning, that this world is not the end. This world is just a passing through. It's just a journey that we're going through. But the kingdom of God is the kingdom that you and I are going to today. It's the one that we are looking forward to, we're striving to. Don't get too caught up in this world. Don't get too caught up in the people of this world. Don't get too caught up in the entertainment of this world because this is just a place we're passing through because there's a kingdom we're going to called the kingdom of heaven. And that's good news. It's good news because this past year, we buried some people. People used to sit right there, and they used to sit right there. They used to sit over here. And if all that was left, if, if all that was, left was just this world that was the end of it, it would be a sad day for them. But for me and you, it's not sad because we know they just got there just a little bit ahead of us. And the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that they went to, they went there just a little bit, a, a little bit ahead of us, and we're going that place, and that gives me hope to one day to see Brother Tillman again, to see Brother Hoover again, to see Brother Ed again. It gives me hope that one day we'll see Lisa again. It gives me hope that one day we'll see Rhonda again. And I'll see Mama Lee again one day, and I'll see Mama Rosa Mama again one day. And you put the name of the person that you're waiting to go see as well. Because they've already been, they're there ahead of us at the kingdom of heaven. Now, if I could just give you a couple of things about this kingdom, and then we'll pray tonight. I'll say this, I've only been witnessed to, witnessed to as a Christian one time. I've been serving God a couple of years. And, and there's only been one time where somebody's actually come and witnessed to me. And I was riding with a guy at work one day, and he began to talk about the, um, the Russian Jews who were coming back to Israel. 
And we're riding along, and, and, and I can tell you can, you know, sometimes you can tell, and, and I was a Christian at the time, uh, of course, but I, I just, I kind of let him go on. I just wanted to see what he was going to say. And uh, he, he was talking about how the Russian Jews are they're coming back to Israel and how there's an influx of Jews from around the world that are coming back to Israel. And he was talking about how prophetically that's a sign that the Lord is going to come back because God's going to repopulate and replant Israel. And he just began to talk about it and, 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 and begin to share it. And I thought, interestingly enough, he was talking to me and he said, but you got to get your heart right before the Lord comes back. What was he talking to me about? Talking to me about the kingdom of God. It's coming back. Now, I didn't get saved that particular time, but as I was listening, I thought, you know what? It's a good message because if I wasn't saved, I would think I don't have much time left. I don't know what, what, what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, things are happening at such a high rate, so high, uh, high rate of speed that I'm not sure if it's, I need to go ahead and make my decision for Christ today. That's why the Bible says that today is the day of salvation because today is the day, because it's, too, it's too late tomorrow if he comes back today. Did you hear me? It's too late tomorrow if he comes back today. Now, I'm going to tell you a story, but you can't tell anybody, okay? When I was 15, I stole my grandmother's car, and, uh, and my parents had gone to take my brother to college, and so I just knew I had a little window of time to drive her car. She was gone as well. We kept her car at our house, so I, I, I got the keys, and I backed the car out uh, to the end of the driveway, and then I got scared, so I pulled it back in. Then I... Got a little more bold, and I backed it out again, then pulled it back in. My neighbor came to me yesterday and said, how many times before you actually pulled out of the driveway did you actually back the car? It must have been five or ten times, something like that. But finally, I got my, my, my nerve up, and I got the car, drove down the street, going all over the place, drove around, got a little bolder, began to drive around, went up to, to Wendy's to get something to eat, finally thought about calling my sister because she was older and she had friends that were cute. So I thought maybe if I called her, we could go pick up her friends. And, I mean, I was just something else. I was the stuff. So I went at Wendy's after I got done eating. I thought, well, I'm going to call her and see if I can't get me some girls. Hallelujah. So I called my house where I thought she would be. And when I called the, called the, the number, I noticed that it wasn't her that answered. It was a man's voice. And that man's voice was my dad. And I cannot tell you how fast the blood drained out of all my body. They had come back early. And it was too late for me to, at that particular time, it was too late for me to ask for forgiveness because they'd already come back. Do you understand? It was too late for me to kind of make up some kind of story because he, he had come back. See, because at that particular moment, there was nothing left for me but punishment and judgment from my dad. It was the last time I ever got whipped, 15 years old. But see, the thing was, is the, the point I'm trying to make was that even, in, even no matter how sorry I was, no matter how I got caught, no matter what, what, I, what would I have said to my dad, when he called, I, it was too late for me to do anything because he'd already come back. See, the thing is about the kingdom of God is there's a, a deadline we're trying to make. There's a deadline for every single believer. There's a deadline for every single lost person. And once that deadline is met, there's no second chances. You've got you to get it by then when the Lord comes back. And so the kingdom of God tells us this very thing. It says, you have today you have to give your life to Christ. Today you have to, 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 to commit your life to him. 
when the, when the, when the chance has come, when he's come back, it's too late that particular moment. And if there was a message that needs to be preached around the world, it is the message of the kingdom of God that Jesus is coming back. His kingdom is coming to this world, and you don't want to miss it. And you got to do it today because afterwards it's too late. Seems to be an important topic on the mind of, on the Lord's mind because it seems to be all he ever talks about. As we've talked about, it's all he talks about. It's the, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. God, when I first came to church, I was dating a girl. His name was Brandon, and his girlfriend was Jennifer. And all he ever talked about was Jennifer. That's all he ever talked about was Jennifer this and Jennifer that, and Jennifer's here and Jennifer's coming over here. And he talked a lot about Jennifer because that was what was on his mind. And the Lord talks a lot about the kingdom of God because that's what's on his mind. Nobody understands the ramifications like Jesus does. Nobody understands the finality of the return of the Lord like God does. Every time you pray for somebody to be saved, you're joining in the kingdom of God. Every time you send a missionary, you give to send a missionary somebody to preach the gospel, you're being a part of the kingdom of God. Every time you serve in a local church, no matter what capacity, you're being a part of the kingdom of God. Every time you share your faith with somebody, you're being a part of the kingdom of God. Every time you listen to a sermon or you share a message on Facebook with somebody, a message or a sermon or you post something about the Lord, you are telling people about the kingdom of God. There is no more important topic in the world, in the mind of God, and I believe in the mind of me and you, that the, the kingdom of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven. Because here's a couple of things it tells us. That in light of the kingdom of God, there's a certain way I have to live today. See, there's lots of things I'm not going to consider concern myself with because the Lord's coming back. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe there's some things that I would like to do that I won't do because I know the Lord's coming back. The parable the Bible gives is about the, 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 the king that goes away. And when he goes away, he talks about some of the servants. And the servants, they just they begin to live riotously and frivolously. And he's trying to talk about how the kingdom of God is the same way. And, and in light of the fact that the king at some point is going to come home, and if he sees the servants being wicked, he'll punish them. But the ones that he sees being faithful, the ones that he see, that sees continuing on and keeping on, those are the ones that he'll reward. So here's the thing. In my mind, if the Lord comes back, I want him to see me doing something about the kingdom and not, of, of heaven and not the kingdom of the world. Does that make sense? I want to, when I come back, I want him to see me preaching somewhere. When he comes back, I want him to see me giving you a high five in church. When he comes back, I want him to see me working in the nursery. When he comes back, I want him to see me working in kids' church. When he comes back, I want him to see me working in fine arts. When I comes back, I want him to see me giving to the, king, the work of God. When he comes back, I want him to see me doing something to build the kingdom of God. So the way I live today is contingent changes because of the kingdom of God. Secondly, today, it changes the way the goals and the ambitions that I have in life. I want you to just think in your mind. What are some things you want to do in this life? You don't have to say them out loud. What are some things that you'd like to accomplish, some goals? Everybody's got them. I mean, I think everybody's got just a desire to do something. Maybe if you're not married, to be married. If you don't have children, to have children. If you do have children, to get rid of your children. But everybody's got a goal, don't you? Now, let me ask you this. And there's nothing wrong with any of those goals. But what goals and ambitions do you have 
to be about the kingdom of heaven. Because it changes everything about how the way I see my life because I realize that my life is not my own. It was purchased. It was bought with, with a price. And I realize that this life, that, that the, how I spend my time and my goals and my dreams, I want them to line up with the goals and the dreams that God has. And the thing is, is I realize because of that, it just changes the way I see the future and how I see my, my future. Because I realize this, that my future has, has got to be tied in to what the kingdom of God wants to do. So the thing is, is I'm telling you tonight, to telling you tonight, is your goals and your ambitions, see them through a lens. See them, let them focus through the kingdom of God. I'm not just trying to sell cars or sell insurance. I'm not just trying to, to be a worker. I'm not just trying to, I'm trying to do everything I can to build and to build the kingdom of heaven. I say, what does that mean? What if I, what if I don't really, what if my life doesn't turn out like I want, well, I want it to? My friend, I promise you this, it may not be like you want it to be. But when it's, what God's, when, it, when it's what God wants it to be, you're going to be so thankful when you stand in the gates of glory. I heard the story of a man who had gone to heaven, a couple of stories. And he received, just gave a, God gave him a vision of heaven. And he got there. And he's just walking through the streets of gold. You know, there's the, there's, there's the streets of gold. There's the gate of pearl. There's the sea of glass. There's the elders, the, the um the chairs, the thrones that, that people sit in. And he said he came to one particular throne, and there was a guy sitting there that he didn't recognize. And, um, and, but he said it was very luxurious. He said it was very majestic, the, the, the particular throne that this man was sitting on. And he asked the question to the angel that was walking through there. He said, who is that guy? And he said, in my mind, I thought it must be some maybe famous evangelist. Maybe it was a Billy Graham, or maybe it was a, a D.L. Moody, or maybe it was one of the men of old one of the disciples, and the angel told him who it was. He said, no, I don't think I know him. He said, well, his assignment was something that God had given him to win two people to Christ. Two people to Christ. He said he completed that assignment. That's the reward that God's given him. And so the man said, I, I realized something about heaven that it's different because in heaven the last is first and the first is last, just like the Bible says. So when you get to heaven, there may not be the people that you think who won lots of people to Christ or did great things for the kingdom of God in our world. We may think they get the highest positions in heaven, but not necessarily that's the case because maybe it's just the guy. Maybe it's the guy that just gave his, his, his money to send some, a missionary somewhere. Maybe it was the lady that worked back in a nursery and just loved on kids at church. Maybe it was the guy that just prayed for his neighbor until his neighbor came to Christ. Maybe it was the pastor that not, that not preached at the biggest church in town but preached at the smallest church in town. Maybe it was the guy that just had the assignment from God and he did his very best, no matter what it was, to do it. Maybe that's the one that they'll esteem when we get to heaven. Listen, that's good news. That's good news because I don't know. I, I mean, I love all y'all, but I haven't seen any of y'all's names and lights anywhere. I hadn't seen my name and lights, but I know this in a place called heaven, in the kingdom of God. God's looking for some people who will be faithful right now, right where they are. And when you're faithful right here and right now where you are, there's a reward for those in the kingdom of heaven. Don't get discouraged because you think I'm not where I need to be or I feel like I'm going backwards. My friend, you just put, keep putting one foot in front of the other. You just keep doing your best for God. You just do, do your best to build the kingdom of God. And one day you listen to Brother Kerry. One day you will stand in heaven and get your reward. And you will say, Brother Kerry was right. Hallelujah. Another story. A man who had gone to heaven. A minister who had gone. And he's just like in the Bible, there was an angel that led him. He tells the story. He said he got there. And he noticed, you know, in heaven there's the... 
that we just talked about, and then there's the, there's the thrones, and he noticed there was thrones, but they were there, but there was nobody sitting in them. And he asked the question to the angel, he said, how come there's, I thought there were supposed to be people sitting on the throne? And he said this, he said, well, you have to understand one thing about heaven. In heaven, everybody serves. So sometimes they don't have a t- chance to sit down and enjoy the throne because God's a God who serves people and serves one another. In heaven, everybody serves. That's the place that I want to be. I mean, I know we got the picture of heaven being the place with the, with the, the harps and everybody floating on the clouds and, you know, all of that. But I believe heaven is a place of activity. Heaven's a place of life. Come on, all you type A people, all you people that like to stay busy, you're going to be busy when you get to the kingdom of God. Amen? Lastly tonight, there's a man by the name of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was a, a minister. Not always a minister. He was turned, he worked in the secular world, but turned to the ministry and is one of those of the, maybe what we would call the, the generals, the who's who of the faith. And he was talking to a, a pastor one day. He said, and the pastor had said something to me. He said it just rung, you know, just kind of, it kind of resonated on the inside of me. And the pastor said this, he said, Dwight, he said, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man that's fully consecrated to him. The world is yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. D.L. Moody walked away and said, you know what, I made, a, I made a commitment to God. He said, by God's help, I will be that man. And he shook the world. I wonder if a group of people said the same thing. I mean, that was one man. What if a group of people, maybe like a group of people at Bethel, and they said this thing, God, the world has yet to see what a group of people can do fully consecrated to him fully consecrated to the kingdom of heaven. What would happen? What would happen? Don't you just kind of want to wonder what would happen if all of a sudden just a body of people got together and said, you know what? What if we just committed ourselves to the kingdom of God? What if the kingdom of this world really didn't matter? You know, what, what, what plaques we put on our wall? You know, how much money we had in our 401k? Nothing wrong with plaques, nothing wrong with 401ks, but what if we just committed ourselves to the kingdom of God? What would happen? Father, there's a message that's gone out. It's a message to change, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in light of that, God, we have to make a decision. Every single person has to make a decision. What will I do with that? What will I do with that sermon? And Lord, I'm asking you, God, I wonder what would happen if if just a group of people consecrated themselves to to that goal, to that end. I don't know if anybody's ever, I'm sure somebody's asked, asked this before, God. I'm sure people, have pastors and ministers and churches have gotten together and said, Lord, we want to be that church, but I wonder what would happen. If not just one or five or ten, but everybody made that decision. You say, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a single parent. I'm a student. I'm a grandmother. But if everybody said, God, with the breath that's left in my body, with every ounce of energy and doing my very best, I'm going to build the kingdom of God. I pray tonight in Jesus' name. Somebody would make that decision. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.